Welcome to the Rare Find Voices podcast. My name is Robin Koenig, and I'm the CEO and founder of Rare Find. I'm a self-improvement junkie, a certified professional coach, podcast host, and public speaker. And I'm a wife and mom of four teenagers. I'm an expert at helping people use their gifts to take intentional action and get intentional results. How do I do this? By helping you realize your gifts and use them as your superpowers. I love challenging people to think differently, see things differently, and then do things differently to create powerful change in their life. Each week, I'll share my voice or bring forward another rare find voice to help you uncover your gifts, step into that power, and allow your brilliance to shine through. Believe me, I know how it feels to struggle with feeling good enough, pretty enough, smart enough, and successful enough or deal with a major life transition, such as getting married or getting divorced, changing jobs and having kids. This podcast is for you if you want to be more confident in your own skin, transform your mindset and get out of your own way. So if you're ready to show the world your greatest gifts, then keep on listening because you are a rare find. So let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Rare Find Voices. This is your host, Robin Koenig, and I am coming to you today with a topic that was actually submitted by uh, a listener, an audience member. Actually, it was on Instagram. So um, I put the call out there for some ideas on topics, and I love hearing from people about what they want to know more about. And so this request was, what would you teach your younger self? And I thought that was so great. Um, and because at first, what it made me start thinking about was, you know, trying to share some insights with somebody, you know, younger self, maybe a teenager, or maybe in your 20s, and how hard it is sometimes to share information with somebody that maybe doesn't quite know how to take it. Um, like when you're when you're younger, and I've got four teenagers at home, Right. So sometimes they just really want to do what they're doing, not be bothered with hearing from, you know, somebody else that has lived it. And so, you know, the first thing I was like, gosh, how would I teach them? How would I teach myself to understand something better, perhaps for the future? And so I think I got a little, almost a little bit too in my head at first when I started to think about this topic. And so I stripped it back to just sharing advice which is why I have this platform to begin with, right? To share thoughts and ideas and insights and whether or not that person, my younger self or anyone else takes it really doesn't matter. It's about the act of doing it and then letting other people decide how they choose to apply it or not for you know their own personal growth. So once I got over that hump, um, I actually came up with some really good ideas. And so that's that's where I want to go with this for you today. So the first thought that I had as to what what I teach my younger self, not how, but what, is this idea about finding your people. <laughs> and so I was thinking about this. I don't know if I was watching a video or something, and it and it, you know, brought forward this idea. And I thought it was so good. Because we spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, building a social circle and how you do that as a young person um, doesn't always, not always, um, translate to the same way we do it as adults. So for example, 
when I was younger, I was super involved in music. I was in the band. I was in the orchestra. I was, um, music was a huge part of my life, you know, and through my high school years, I mean, it was everything as far as what I love to do. Um, also the friends that I had, the circle of people, and it was so social. It was so much fun. And I, I took that with me, like for all four years, like it was such an amazing opportunity. Like those were my people. They were people that I connected really well with. And then going off to college, things changed. Like I was no longer in music programs. I, um, you know, I didn't go to school with most of the, if anybody, I don't even remember anybody from my high school going to the same college that I went to. And so, you know, things changed. And now as an adult, what I've noticed is I've gotten to this place where the kind of people that I kind of allow into my life, that I build my, you know, my circle of trust that I embrace, like I'm extremely social in so many ways, but that like really specific connection of the people that I trust when it comes to giving me feedback on something or supporting me through something. It, it has shrunken. Is that a word? That, that, I think that's, it's shrunk. <laughs> it's gotten smaller. And so, you know, what, what I really started to think about was why did that happen? And, and how powerful was that for me now as an adult to understand the kind of people to allow, like energetically allow into my life has evolved based on a lot of learning. And it's because I've gotten to a place in my life that I truly understand myself. And that just takes time. You know, there's very few, I would say very few young people that are at a place of, you know, self-understanding, self-awareness, consciousness, that they can truly, um, with trust and, and confidence, like put themselves out there in such a genuine way that they believe so strongly in who they are and they don't, um, they don't worry about the, like the people in their life. So I, I know I really feel like this is such a, a message. This is such a, an important teaching moment <laughs> in life to share with, you know, my younger self that I would share that I really try and be very cognizant about now is helping people understand whether you're 20 years old or even 40 years old, like try to find yourself first and then you will attract the people that want to be in your life because of who you are and not the other way around. So instead of trying to get people to like you for a specific reason, to surround yourself with certain people for the sake of their gain, like the other person's gain, is it's the opposite. And learning how to do that in a way that you believe so much in who you are and the value that you have to share with somebody else versus the fear of if somebody's going to like you. And one of the things that I learned a lot along the way is this idea that trying to please other people or like I said, you know, being a popularity contest, like that comes up a lot in our life when we're in a moment of self-doubt. And I remember going through this very specifically when I was back in the dating world, like all of a sudden my 
understanding of myself, my who changed a lot. And I was, and I was unclear, right? The reality was I was very unclear, kind of like who I was now, right? Who I was um, back in the dating world, who I was as a single female. I was not clear at all. (laughs) And that created a lot of conflict for me as I was trying to, you know, find compatible people, um, navigate the social dynamic. It just, it was really difficult. And what I found myself doing, and I didn't notice it at first, but it was kind of brought to my attention later from, you know, really close people to me that could see, like, I was really trying to please everyone else. I was trying to be liked. I was trying to be seen a certain way and worrying about what other people would think, you know, because it's so vulnerable. You're putting yourself out there and worried, like, will they think I'm attractive? Will they think I'm successful? Like all of these worries and fears about what other people might think and fearing the judgment and doing things to be liked. And, you know, I just spoke about this on a one of my last episodes about, you know, the compare and despair trap and how powerful that is to fall into. And it's a very similar thing here. And so I remember going through that process and getting to a place where finally I started to understand myself. And that was after, you know, even like going through some really bad relationships and bad dates and even weeding out some friendships that weren't serving me in a way that was allowing me to like myself enough that I cared less about what other people thought. And that's really, really difficult. Um, There's an awesome quote by Deepak Chopra that says, what other people think of you is none of your business. And I would share that. I would share that with my younger self and like really ingrain it, really, you know, like tattoo it on my forehead (laughs) if I could do that. Um, Because when you're young, like other people's opinions really matter. They matter a lot. And I believe a lot of it has to do with the fact that we haven't road tested our own ideas or our own abilities and gotten feedback through that work to believe that it's okay to be ourselves and standing in that powerfully. And then like when we do something and we take action or we try something new and the feedback isn't good, we judge it and decide that we don't want to do it again. And that's completely normal. But the challenge here that I would tell to my younger self is try it again. You know, instead of Letting somebody else share their insight on it, their perspective, like their opinion or what they believe. If they're the ones telling you you're not good enough, you're not successful enough, you're not pretty enough, you're too young, you're too old, then what we're doing is allowing other people's insecurities to dictate our own self-worth. And we're giving them the power because they're not secure enough to let us shine. And that is a tremendous learning that over time, I know that I have grown in my ability to really believe in what it is that I'm able to do powerfully and at the same time, support other people in doing the same. Because I know who I am and I feel really good about that. (laughs) And that's not, um, 
I, I don't see that as cockiness. I see confidence as being something that is so powerful for you to control your life's destiny, your life's experience, and how you want to continue growing or stagnating, you know, the opposite of growth. So the other piece I wanted to kind of talk about, you know, kind of a similar but different uh, insight is about the idea that not knowing how to do something or what something might look like is okay. And um, I remember really since, I mean, honestly, since I was young and, you know, I went to college, I was, I've always been very curious. I mean, it, I, and, and I'm sure my parents can give a little bit more context to this. I should have them on the podcast sometime. But um, I've always wanted to know more about something and not being afraid to ask questions. I've always asked a lot of questions. And, and maybe the growth piece for myself, you know, is that I've started to ask questions to myself to open up more and more information and more answers in that discovery process about myself. So that's, that's a really unique piece. But just in general, like as a younger person, I've always been very curious. And what that has done for me is, is opening up more, uh, I guess, taking more risks or doing more things without being afraid of it. Like really being excited to try something um, and create the life that you want by your own design. And honestly, that we, we fear things, we fear, oh gosh, we fear not knowing something because we crave a sense of control. We crave that, you know, safety and almost like approval, right? A preset approval for the approach. Like it's going to provide the results or it's going to do what you need it to do if you know. And, you know, doing a lot of work to plan for something very specifically. And I'm not saying like lead your life without knowing anything. I mean, I'm also pragmatic, but I, I believe so much that if we require the proof that something will work before we try it, we will continually avoid doing something. Like that's the root of procrastination. That's the root of not trying because we are requiring proof that it will work. And that's just a fear of failure, a fear of not learning something from trying it and, and like making it your own experiment, right? I always look at things like, I'm a science experiment. My body is, a, is an experiment. Like how I try things and see what happens is how I learn and trusting that you can handle it. And the funny thing is I've started most of my careers and hobbies from a place of unknown, <laughs> honestly. Like I moved from the Midwest in 96 after I graduated college to California, literally not having a job, not knowing at all what the entertainment business was like. I mean, I came from the Midwest. There was like, you would, nobody worked in entertainment. I mean, news perhaps, but other than that, I didn't know anybody that even had done something that I wanted to do. I remember my dad being like, I don't even understand what it is that you want to do, but I support you. <laughs> like, <laughs> Super awesome cheerleader, but zero knowledge. And so I started this, you know, this career in freelancing and I just had to figure it out along the way. And it was, it wasn't easy, but I was determined to learn and figure it out, which I did. And then that, you know, next chapter then turned into 
starting a career in marketing and communications with an agency, like massive pivot, no idea really what I was doing. And that kind of kept continuing on and on throughout my career journey. When I started with Starbucks, I was, I had moved to a brand new city. I moved from LA to San Francisco and started with a major company. And I mean, it's not that I didn't know who Starbucks was, but I had no idea what kind of job this was going to be. And it was very different from what I was doing prior to that. And I was like, all right, new city, new job. Let's, let's see what happens. Um, And I'm not trying to make it sound like it was super easy, but what I'm trying to share here is every single time I've started something new, it has been, for the most part, like from a place of unknown without it being tested by me or even somebody that I knew. I changed jobs dramatically in 2012 when I went from the corporate world to the nonprofit world. In healthcare, in, you know, breast cancer, I had no idea at all about what I was doing to run a nonprofit. And also, um, all the only thing I really knew about the breast cancer industry was that my mom had been diagnosed. Like that's, that's pretty much all I knew. And so time after time after time, I believe I built this resilience, which is one of my favorite words, but this resilience to say, I trust in the fact that I'm going to figure it out. And by the way, I'm kind of excited about trying to figure it out. And here I am in, you know, this journey of being an entrepreneur and starting from scratch my own business, being a coach, being a speaker, starting a podcast, which the funny thing is, I think Seth Godin speaks to this, like you start with zero listeners. There's there's no result on the board for you to know if that's going to be worth it, but Anybody that starts a podcast or sports team, this is such a good analogy, a sports team, you start with zero points on the board. Like, how crazy is that to just say, I'm going to start something and I'm at zero. That's definitely not an easy place to start from. And so those are all things that I would definitely share with my younger self to say, do this and you will learn along the way how powerful you can become. And how these things are going to lead you to the next thing to grow and trust yourself more and more. And that's okay. Like trust yourself in the place of unknown. Um, I've been reading, rereading Atomic Habits, which is a fantastic read. It's, you know, definitely top of the charts right now. A lot of people are reading it. And I read it once before and I decided to go back and read it again because I'm doing a, a fun thing with a local personal development book club. And so we're going to be talking about it. But the one thing that I, you know, was thinking about as I was preparing for this podcast was how James Clear, the author, talks about the three layers of change. This is in the very beginning of the book. So if you're reading a summary, it's probably come up in that. And, and how many of us, which is totally normal, are focused on changing the outcomes of our life which is done by changing our habits and then ultimately affecting change on our identity and like who we are. And that the it's the opposite of that. The way to approach it should be the opposite for it to be more powerful and longer lasting. Like it's not wrong to approach it that way and think that, you know, that if you change what it is that you want to accomplish, that it's going to have a ripple effect. It will. 
but it might not last very long and it might not be as powerful. So if you change who you want to become, then that's going to impact your habits and the outcomes that you want to achieve. It's that inside out approach, which is really fantastic. And so, you know, my story regards to this, um, like believing this to really be true, is that in 2010, when I decided that I wanted to make a big change, I was going through a divorce, it was a major transition for me. And I decided that my health and wellness was really important for me to show up better as a mom, to be a better leader, to be a better version of myself. And I remember choosing that. I mean, it's so funny how, you know, sometimes you just get this moment of clarity and you remember how it felt and like where you were. Like I remember being in my kitchen, um, in my old kitchen, my old house. And I just remember making that decision and saying, this is who I want to become. And so I worked on this belief as my identity first, you know, truly believing that, you know, putting that focus and attention and who I wanted to become on the inside was going to have the effect on the other things. And so the habits that started to change were me going to the gym, like actually starting uh, starting a gym membership, like, oh my gosh, that was, <laughs> that actually happened. Um, I was eating better. I was following this like new curiosity I had about nutrition and cooking more. And I was loving to learn about how to feel my brain and my body. It was just, a, it was like really this amazing journey that was taking me to that belief in the kind of person that I was, you know, uh, desired to be. And then the outcomes started to happen. You know, I became uh, an athlete. I became a competitor and I saw, you know, gains in strength. I saw changes in my body. I was happier I mean, it was just this amazing effect on the outcomes. And I got those outcomes because I started with the decision of who I wanted to be. And I trusted in it and I believed in it. And I put the focus and attention there to begin with. And if I had just, if I'd started with just like wanting to get stronger necessarily, it likely wouldn't have lasted, right? I probably wouldn't have kept up with the um, the habits. I mean, it's not like I'd never tried going to the gym before, whatever, but it didn't have that lasting effect, which even to this day, it was a defining transformation. It was a defining change in my life. And so I wanted to share that because I, be I believe so much in the mental side of how we can learn and how we can teach ourselves something really has a direct link to the thoughts and the beliefs that we have about ourselves. And so in going back to that initial idea of, you know, finding yourself first and then surrounding yourself with your people that are going to fuel that, that confidence and that are going to fuel that excitement and add to that, you know, positive energy of you taking these risks and doing the, doing the unknowns and being curious really has had a powerful, um, a powerful effect in my life. And that's what I would go back and teach my younger self if I could do that. So I hope that this was helpful. I, I would love to hear from anybody that wants to tell me like, what would you go back 
and teach your younger self and not necessarily how would you teach your younger self, but what would you share? And, um, you know, definitely drop me a note, send me an email. Uh, hello at robinkoenig.com is my email. Find me on Instagram at rarefine underscore love, or go ahead and text the word possible to 31996. That'll get you a free download, but also get you on an email list, which makes it super simple for you to contact me. So those are all the great ways that you can reach out to me. In the meantime, also feel free to subscribe or share this with somebody else. Maybe this is what they need to hear today. And um, so go ahead and share it and subscribe and comment. And just, you know, I can't wait to hear from you all. And thank you so much for listening. In the meantime, with love and laughter, have an awesome day.